so we're here today with uh, Justice Brian Hagedorn, newly elected to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Congratulations, Justice. Thank you very much. Um, how does it feel to be here today sitting as a newly elected justice to the Wisconsin Supreme Court? Yeah. But it's funny, you talk to my kids, and I've, I've got kids at all different age ranges, and you know, and when, I know you're a freshman in high school, you think about what is it like to be a senior? But then you get there, and it's, it's, it's sort of the next thing you do. So there's one part of it that's just, well, this is my new job. You know, I'm just going to work just like any other citizen. Uh, but there's another part of it that's very humbling. I mean, I worked here, I clerked for Justice Gableman on the Supreme Court. Uh, and so um, the opportunity to serve the people in a way, uh, in a position that I know is really consequential um, is just very, very humbling. And that's, that's really just how I feel. Did you always want to be um, Supreme Court Justice? No, uh, you, you know, I, I always felt like I wanted to make a difference somewhere in the world in the public sphere, but I didn't really know what that would look like. Um, I don't think I really thought about being a judge at all until I clerked here. So I actually was a practice for a few years before clerking. Uh, and then when I clerked, you know, a little, little ways into my practice, I thought I could, I could really see myself enjoying this. I loved the reading. I loved the writing. Um, I loved, you know, just the intellectual side of the law and thought being an appellate judge, even the opportunity to work here someday would just be an amazing opportunity. Can you describe for us your emotions yesterday as you were being sworn in? Yeah, it just sort of surreal, you know, like this is just very odd to, to be in a position uh, like this. And again, I just feel really humbled. Justice Gableman swore me in. The only people who were there were my family. We'll do the public celebration here on August 14th and certainly invite all your listeners to come uh, to that. Uh, but it was just, just really special to be with people who've sacrificed so much. My family supported me through this and uh, Justice Gableman, who I was able to work for and was a great friend and mentor to me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, like I said, I just feel very, very grateful and very blessed. I, we do work for things. Uh, we do earn opportunities, but I also see a lot of life as a gift. And for me, I see this as a real gift. Um, you mentioned your supporters and th those closest to you. Your race was not an easy one. It was hard fought, um, contentious at times. What would you say today to your supporters, to those people who, who helped you get here? Well, thank you. Um, and I meant every word that I said on the campaign trail. And so, you know, I really see my job for the next 10 years is to be somebody who's going to defend the rule of law, uphold the Constitution as written. Uh, and I'm going to be faithful to that. I'm, I meant what I said on that. And this is not a political job. This is in the sense of me picking uh, which policies I like or don't like. This is me being faithful to the law. And that's what I sold. That's what I ran on. Uh, that's what I proclaimed myself to be. And uh, I'm going to uh, take care to actually fulfill the oath that I just took yesterday to support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Wisconsin. Just about every pundit in the state had you losing. Uh, no one really saw your victory. When you were out campaigning, visiting uh, across the state with uh, potential voters, could you feel your message, the, the upholding the rule of law, um, uh, upholding the Constitution, could you feel that resonating with voters? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I, I didn't feel that way, and maybe it's, you know, the naively optimistic candidate. <laughs> but, but honestly, um, I knew we were being outspent uh, on the outside, though it, it wasn't quite as dramatic, I think, as the final numbers were tallied as, as were portrayed early on. But early on, we were being outspent, and overall, we were outspent. 
But everywhere I went, um, there was such incredible energy, like I've never seen in a state Supreme Court race. You know, people were saying, I, I didn't see this many people volunteer for the, for the uh, gubernatorial election, and people were coming in in the offices. You know, I'm just, just one quick story. I spoke up in Green Bay at a lunch a couple weeks before the election. By the way, this is before any outside money came in on my behalf, you know, outside some of the groups, some other groups who were doing some grassroots activity. And um, it was a lunch in Green Bay to hear candidate Brian Hagedorn speak. 177 people showed up to that lunch. Hmm. And, and they've been doing this lunch up there for about five, six years, more than any other speaker they've ever had other than Rudy Giuliani a few years back. And, and I can't tell you where I went, how many people came up to me and they grabbed me with this intensity that it is really hard to describe. And they would look me in the eye and they would say, I, I want you to know I'm with you. I'm telling all my friends about it. I'm giving you money and I'm praying for you every single day. And I heard that all the time. And so the other thing is most of the pundits are in Madison. Uh, and, uh, and so the people that are measuring these things are stuck in a very small world of people that weren't seeing what I was seeing in Green Bay and Marinette these other parts of the state. The day before the election, I remember somebody said, Brian, you think you're gonna win? I said, well, if we do, we'll make history uh, because nobody's been, been on spent the way I have and won. But I think it's a 50-50 race because I think the grassroots are on our side. We've had such incredible support uh, that I really think has been unmatched in the state Supreme Court race. Uh, and so I think, we, I think we very well might do this and, and you know, I'd take a coin and flip it. You were criticized, some would even say attacked for your religious views. Do you uh, think that the support that you saw, uh, the, the, the intensity of that support, do you think it was because you had been attacked about, uh, over your religion? Yeah, in many respects, I, I agree. I think it was um, absolutely a victory for religious liberty. And I think if you talk to people, they were passionate about having a court that wasn't just going to be you know, a, a political court, uh, this rule of law message, but they were also very, very passionate uh, about these attacks. And, and, and really the core of the argument was, it was packaged differently and said differently and come from different angles, but that you can't be a faithful a Christian, a person of faith, and also be a faithful judge at the same time. And that's absurd. More than that, it's, it's, it's really dangerous. And people from all kinds of different faith backgrounds uh, believed that and they were inspired by that. I think a lot of people said, thank you for not backing down. Thank you for not apologizing. Thank you for not sort of groveling to those who said that that's what you ought to do. Thank you for standing up for, um, for those of us you know, who also have faith and feel like we can participate in public life too. Did anyone, any of your advisors try and get you to apologize or uh, nobody, back off? Nobody on my, no, no, none of my close advisors did, no. Um, uh, no, not really. Um, I think, um, I mean, and, you know, they, they, they were, I think my team was really good in letting me be me um, and, and, and selling me and what I was, what I was selling. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, most of the attacks, many of them were just blatantly unfair or wrong. Uh, and so there, there really um, wasn't anything for me to go out there and um, you know, take that approach uh, with. And that, that wouldn't have been the right approach. So, I mean, the media and some folks privately wondered, why aren't you apologizing <laughs> in, in saying that? I think maybe from the outside. But, uh, you know, it's not to say I agree with every word I ever wrote, uh, of course. But, um, you know, that wasn't what this race was about at the end of the day. And uh, so. What are you looking most forward to as a Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice? I am uh, really excited about the work. I mean, I just can't wait to do the reading and writing. I mean, I'm gonna sound, um, 
uh, boring to people, but that's what this job is. This job is sitting in a room when nobody talks to you for hours on end while you are reading stuff. Uh, and then writing. Uh, and that's that, what you do. that appeals to you. It does appeal to me. <laughs> I also enjoy the speaking. I, enjoy, I certainly enjoy having a platform where I can help shape the law. I'm looking forward to not just uh, being a warm body on the Supreme Court. I'm coming here to be a leader. I'm coming here to help drive the law in the right direction by doing law the right way. I don't mean the right direction in terms of a policy outcome, but the way the law ought to be done. Reading the text as written, letting the legislature legislate, you know, the executive branch govern. Um, and us staying in our proper role. Can you give us a sense of how the institution works? Uh, you mentioned that you, you clerked here before and that uh, for the justices, it's a lot of uh, reading. Yep. Um, what's a typical day for uh, yeah. a Supreme Court justice? Well, you know, there's no quite typical day, but there's maybe a typical month, uh, I would say. In a typical month, we hear oral argument on cases. We review new cases that are coming in, and every case that comes to the Supreme Court is one we decide to take. Uh, and so a large part of the job is, is going to be reading the cases that have been decided below, uh, and that are people are asking us to take those cases, deciding whether we'll do that. Then you work really hard to prepare for the cases, and after you prepare, hear a argument, you write opinions. Uh, and so it's going back and forth with your colleagues uh, about opinions, trying to um, come up with a decision that's correct on the law, win a majority of votes, hopefully. Uh, and that's a large part of it. There is also a big part of the job that's less publicly seen, and that is the Supreme Court's also the administrative head of the entire court system. So different rules and administrative processes, budgeting, uh, that will all be on, uh, on my plate as well and is on our plate. Um, but I think most of us who are in this job uh, are in it because we're, we're truly excited uh, about uh, being, you know, having the opportunity to to you know be up in the bottom of the ninth with, with two outs, and you know the opportunity to have the final say uh, on these so important questions mm -hmm. about what the law ought to look like and how it's done. Uh, you 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 start hearing cases in September. How long does that go? When does the session end for the yeah, Supreme Court? Yeah, typical year is August first to July thirty first, um, and so right now we're in the season of preparing for. Uh, lots of cases that we'll be uh, actually having argument on in September, October. We have arguments every month, really, through often May. Uh, all the opinions need to be finished by the end of June internally. Sometimes they're released a little after that publicly. Um, and so the summer is a time to you know, catch up on other writing, prepare for um, you know, other sorts of new cases we might hear, things like that. All right. Uh, now we're, we're going to turn to a feature that we do with every uh, guest on our podcast. We call it Five Random Questions. So we're going to fire off uh, random uh, questions and uh, try and get your honest opinion on, uh, All on right. the, yeah. the questions of the day. Um, if you could have dinner with any three people, living or dead, uh, who would you invite? Wow. Well, um, you know, I'll throw out Jesus for a moment because he's both living and dead, right? He <laughs> was dead, now living. <laughs> um, you know, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to talk to one of the, you know, historical patriarchs from a long time ago, you know, maybe Abraham or Moses, uh, somebody like that. That would be amazing to talk to them. Um, more modern history, um, I would say uh, George Washington um, and uh, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, maybe, maybe those seem like easy answers, but... They're easily the two most influential presidents in our country's history. Um, so, you know, stick, stick with those three. Favorite book you read recently? Well, I don't know if it's my favorite book I read recently, but I just finished reading John Roberts' uh, biography, which was a very fascinating study um, written by John Biskupic, and I, I read it kind of during, during my time in preparing for this. 
Um, talking about how he goes about his job, some of which I agree with, some of which I, I, I disagree with in philosophy. But I mean, just a, a man with incredible um, energy and uh, intellect, um, seems like a man of real character. Uh, but, uh, you know, in philosophy, someone who's maybe a little bit harder, harder to pin down at, at various points in time as well. So it's just an interesting case study that and thinking about the kind of justice I, you know, I want to be. Hamilton or Jefferson? Uh, probably a little closer to Hamilton at the time, but that's because I just saw Hamilton uh, uh, in Chicago on Wednesday <laughs> uh, with my son. Uh, and I'm actually reading Chernow's biography right now uh, on Hamilton. Uh, but uh, Jefferson was right about some things, uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, Hamilton, uh, probably, probably Hamilton, yeah. yeah. As a kid, I wanted to be... I wanted to be a Major League Baseball player. Okay. Love baseball. I still love baseball. Um, love playing the game. It's just, uh, it's just a beautiful game. Which brings us to our last question. We hear you are a big Brewers fan. Yeah. Top three all-time Brewers favorites. Well, you got to have Robin Mount um, and, and Paul Molitor. Grew up cheering for them, uh, you know, as a kid. Uh, and I'll throw in a modern day guy, but I mean, how can you not love what Christian Yelich is doing right now? He's just uh, unbelievable to watch and, and his improvement, uh, his consistency day in and day out. So uh, tough, tough not to love, love him. Justice Hangarn, thank you. Thank I you. Appreciate the time. Yeah, very good. Yeah.